all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. morning and thanks for being with us today. I'm here with our engineer, Abram Nanny. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, professor of pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Last week, we talked in general about relationships, that 101 relationships. And so if you want to listen to that, to that go back to the podcast, uh, your favorite podcast app, and li- listen to it, because it, it'll it give you a start of what we're talking about today. We talked about the basics last week. Well, today, in our continuing quest to enhance the relationships that we have, we'll be diving into the differences in healthy relationships that we need to treasure and then the damaging relationships that we really need to end or at least change. And we'll talk about the ones that you can change and the ones that you just can't. So toxic relationships and codependent relationships are the two types that really need to end in in their form. I'm not saying that they can't change, but toxic relationships particularly are difficult to change. Codependent relationships maybe, and we as we move through this, we'll we'll talk about that. As you probably know, codependent and toxic relationships are bad for you. They're bad for you in the long run. They're bad for you in the short run. In the long run, they can truly damage your overall health, not just your mental health, but your physical health due to the stress that they can put on you. And if you if you watch people who are in toxic or codependent relationships, if you're stepping back and able to watch what's going on because they're they're individuals that you love, you can see what it can do to them. And listeners, as we're moving through, I'd love to hear your stories about watching friends in those toxic or codependent relationships and what you think they've done to your friend, your loved one, perhaps your family member. So as we as we step through, what I want to do is better define things. And so, um, Abram, you're you're nodding. I know you you seem to have a thought when I was talking about those relationships that just need to end. 
Right. Well, what popped to my mind is that you said that codependent relationships, you know, they can change and then toxic relationships are less easy to change. Right. right. So I'm picturing it in my mind as like a sliding scale or like a spectrum mm-hmm. where, you know, codependent is on one it's it's all healthy relationships are on one side, codependence right. on one on the other side, and then toxic relationships are even further past that. Exactly. Is what I'm picturing. Exactly. And the toxic, even though codependency uh, can be very bad for you, toxic relationships can be very destructive. So maybe the the way we need to move through this at, at the beginning of the show is to talk about real definitions. I know we talked a little last week about that, but I, I want to delve more into the difference in being dependent on someone and being codependent, having that codependent relationship. Because in a codependent relationship, Typically, it's lopsided. In a dependent relationship, it can go back and forth. So you can have, for example, I am very dependent on my husband for many of our car issues. He knows more about that stuff. And so I depend on him for that. My husband is more dependent on me for cooking aspects and meal aspects because I love to cook. And um, he will help, but he's pretty dependent on me to do the meal planning. That's, I guess that makes sense, right? It's a healthy trade-off. Yeah, it's a trade-off. And it's typically the the dependency comes from the area in which we're better in. And um, so I could... I could list it all the way down, but that's that's the way it goes. But it is a more healthy trade-off relationship. Codependent relationships are imbalanced. They're dysfunctional. And it's it's although you can have a back and forth codependency, typically that's not the case. Typically there's an individual who is acting as a giver while the other person is acting as a taker. And that that giver, and I want you to listen carefully because this is where the marker sort of happens. It's where the giver tends to go to great lengths to avoid conflict. So they tend to give whenever that person has that need. Feeling like you have to ask permission to do things that are perhaps outside of that person's need. Also often feeling that you have to rescue a person or take responsibility for their emotions or actions. So you might feel responsible for their happiness. And if they're not happy, you have to f- figure out what you need to do to make them happy. Or if if they're uh, depressed or emotional, what do you need to do to make sure that their life gets in a better place? So, so the onus continues to be put back on that giver person part of the, the codependency. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's <clears throat> – it's uh, – when you're 
dependent upon each other, like you were saying, you were willfully dependent upon your husband to, you know, take care of the car problems or whatever. And then when you're codependent, you are also like, you're not going back and forth with them. No. It's more of a one-way street. And I looked up a definition and said codependency normally uh, helps one person more than the other. Um, Oh, yes. So Typically... In fact, I would say always helps one person more than the other. The only way the the person who is a giver part of that codependent relationship is helped is because somehow in their lives they have learned that the their happiness comes from helping people and they can't seem to allow themselves to be happy unless they're helping someone else. Now, that might not sound terrible, but if it's terribly lopsided, many times that giver codependent person is, the relationship is so lopsided that their happiness and even their well-being is not being watched out for. So listeners, I want you to jump in anytime you have a question or comment or a thought about how maybe you need to help someone in this or help yourself. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. So let me keep going a little bit. That giver tends to do things that make someone else happy, even, even if it makes them feel uncomfortable about what they're doing. So maybe it's crossing the line. Maybe it's gotten in the way of something you need to do for yourself, but you still keep doing it. You elevate that other person, the taker person, even if, and often they don't, even if they aren't doing anything for your goodwill, not doing anything to give you thanks. And I know a lot of people say, well, I don't do things for other people to get return and get thanks. And that's how you should be when you're giving. But it also should not be lopsided. And it should all not uh, end up in a fashion that is perhaps getting in the way of your your own well-being. Well, those are also two different types of relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Like normally when you think of someone who says that I don't give to get anything back, they're talking about, you know, charity or, you know, community service or anything. They're not talking about their husband or wife or, you know, their close friend that is taking advantage of them, their kindness. Um, They're more often talking about some sort of other other. community service where they can get gratification from that as it is. Exactly right. And hopefully, if you're in the right kind of love relationship, friendship relationship, this can be, think about it outside the box of just marriage or partner. Think about this within the context of it could be a friend, it could be uh, a lover. It could be a family member. It could be a parent or a sibling who who has you trapped in this codependent relationship. So 
you know, the, the honest truth is, is these codependent relationships are co-constructed, if you will. They're not constructed just by one person, but by both, both the, the giver and the taker. It gets set up that way, and it, it gets allowed to continue. And so the, the allowance of the giver to allow the taker to continue is where you can get trapped into a relationship that is, is damaging. Right. And we're, keep in mind, we're also not talking about abusive relationships here either. No. That is a different thing um, entirely. We're just talking about codependent relationships where you can enable someone to uh, take advantage of you if you're not sticking up for yourself. Whereas uh, an abusive relationship can be much different. That's not the situation what we're talking about. Right. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Abram Nanny, and we're talking about relationships that you need to change today. In Relationship 101 last week, we talked in general about relationships, but but today I want to talk about those relationships that you either need to get out of or need to change. Now, we were talking about that codependent relationship, those, those relationships where, where there is someone who is very, very needy and someone who, who loves to be needed and seems to need to be needed, even to the detriment of themselves. So now we're going to move into toxic relationships. But before we do that, I want to go to our first caller. We have Donna in Jackson, who's in a bad situation. Um, hi, Donna. Talk to us about your Hello. situation. Uh, yes. Um, my daughter has... <laughs> um, somehow another... Uh, conned me, uh, that's not the right word, into giving her money since she was about 20. Mm. She's intimidated me, threatened me. I'm a, I've, always, I've always lost all my money, everything. Donna, I'm sorry. So, um... Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Did you have that? Did you have that going on when she was a teenager? Did you find that that there was some control that she was seeming to try to take even back then? Oh yes, ma'am, definitely. She's tried to. Oh, she intimidated me since her late teens. Mm-hmm. She would call me. I, I used to work somewhere. In, she would call me and threaten to throw the dogs in the river or something. So I'd give her money, give her my card to get money. And it's just got me in a bad position. Mm-hmm. Um, Donna, do you mind me asking, are you a single parent? I'm a single grandparent. You're I have to take care of my grandsons and do all I can do. I, I keep them when she's, while she's working. But she doesn't help me financially. Once in a while, she'll help some, but it's mostly on me. I'm on disability. 
Okay. Does she live with you? No. Okay. So, so talk to talk to me a little bit more about why you feel trapped in this. What is going on? What what kind of things do you believe that she would realistically do to you if you just said no? Well, I don't know. Try to take the boys away because I've got custody of my grandsons. Have had since twenty sixteen. Um, just I don't know now. I don't know if she. I don't think she'd do anything mm-hmm. in the past few years. She just gets mean and oh, she'll say say things about well. We just won't have a place to live. They won't have any food and all this kind of stuff. Just being ugly. Mm. Do you feel like your daughter has um, a mental illness? I know she does. Mm. I couldn't... After she became uh, an adult, I couldn't make her continue taking meds or going to the doctor. But she was... uh, Diagnosed with bipolar disorder mm. when she was about 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, bipolar uh, disorder is a, a disorder of, of course, mood. And it often occurs in very bright individuals who uh, can be very manipulative with their disorder. And and often yeah. it's it's actually treatable with medicine and the 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 sad part as you already know is that many times individuals with bipolar when they begin to feel good will determine that maybe they don't need their medicine and bipolar disorder is a lifelong disorder that does require medicine yeah and individuals with it can do very very well and be high functioning With that said, Donna, if your daughter continues to refuse to have treatment and take the proper medication needed, you have done what you can do. And as I heard another advisor, actually, it was a financial advisor, when they were talking about what if you come into uh, financial wealth and people come... Uh, for your wealth. And that um, person, she said, remember that no is a complete sentence. And I'm going to tell you that. (laughs) Don't you like that? I liked it a lot. It stuck for me. So the next time she says, she calls and says, I have to have money, just say no. And if she, well, I've got the point. I have said no because uh, I don't have it to give her anymore. And that's good, and that's so, right. But you may be calling, and I'm just going to ask you: Are you calling because you feel guilty at saying no, and you're perhaps concerned yes. about the consequences? Yes. Mm. Well, let me tell you. Let me try to enable you to stand firm because individuals who who have been able to manipulate by intimidation won't stop until they learn that they can't. 
The other thing I need to tell you is that if you have custody of your grandson at this point, unless she can prove, which it sounds like she cannot, unless she can prove that she's a better caretaker than you and can go to the courts and have documents that support it, that's not going to happen. She's not going to be able to take it away because the, the good of the child is what what the legal system is looking very hard at. And I will say in Mississippi, because of the scrutiny that we've gotten from the feds, they're looking even harder at it. So, okay. yeah, with that said, um, remind yourself that you are not, you have an adult um, who is trying to manipulate you. Your, your job is done with her. Your job now is to protect your grandson if you feel like he needs to be taken care of. And so what you have to do is steal yourself. And if she, this is the other hard part, Donna. I don't know if she's ever done this to you. But if she begins to threaten self-harm, give her a phone number to call to get help. Tell her that you love her and care about her and you know this is the best thing for her. But do not let that allow to manipulate you back into old behavior. Okay. I hope that helped. A whole lot. Okay. Okay. Remember, um, no. No is a complete (laughs) sentence. Thank you so much for answering and talking to me. I appreciate you greatly. You are so welcome, Donna. And thanks for listening and trusting me to call in. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Okay, we've got open lines. Um, if anybody has comments about Donna or similar situations, feel feel free to call in. We'd love to... You know what? Donna gave me a great segue into talking about those toxic relationships. Now, one thing I do want to say before we move on past Donna's situation is um, I do know bipolar disorder, um, it can progress. So maybe when her daughter was younger and she moved on past taking her medicine and she thought she was better and stuff. Bipolar disorder can get worse. You can progress from bipolar disorder two up to bipolar disorder one into more severe, you know, psychosis and you know some some pretty awful stuff. So she might have believed that she was better and needed it, but it's just like your eyesight. Your eyesight degrades as you get older. You know, your mind can degrade as you get older as well. Yeah, that's so. a that's a good good analogy and. And the the truth is, it can progress, but it can stabilize and be so very well managed. And so I just want to remind anyone out there who's listening who has bipolar that, that certainly it, it doesn't have to lead to destructive relationships. Absolutely it, not. It can be very well controlled. And there's, there's lots of help out there in the adult world, especially now with uh, the telebehavioral health. And um, I know at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, we have great resources there also for adults. So keep that in mind. Keep, keep in mind reaching out for help. All right, 
Let me just define toxic relationships a little bit before we we go go to our next callers. Uh, toxic relationships, any type of interpersonal relationship where your emotional, physical, or psychological well-being is being undermined or threatened in some way. It might not be physical. It might just be emotional. But that's when those relationships perhaps feel end up making you feel threatened, like I said, or ashamed of, or humiliated, or that you're not supported. So, so all of those things are relationships that are not good for you. So any relationship can be toxic. Again, it doesn't have to be a spouse. It doesn't have to be a significant other. It can be family relationships. It can be sibling, particularly, or parent-child relationships, or it can be workplace relationships. So keep keep those in mind. And and some of the behaviors that are there can be competitiveness, blaming, controlling, disrespect, dishonesty, hostility, jealousy. And I know a lot of those sound familiar and you're probably in relationships like that or have been. So so keep in mind if if that is what's going on in your relationship it's not good and it doesn't need to continue. Okay, with that, I think Peggy on the Gulf Coast may have have some comments about toxic relationships. So, hi Be- Peggy. Hi, how are you today? Doing well, thank you. Good. I just wondered if you had ever heard the term uh Reactive abuse? I have not. So talk to me about what that means to you. Okay. Well, I heard it not too long ago, and I said, oh, my gosh, that is exactly what I've been dealing with. What it is, if somebody knows just how to push your buttons, and then you go crazy, and they sit back and enjoy the show, and then they act like the victim, and you're the one that's crazy. And I know that because this fellow that I'm referring to had three wives before me, and he used to tell me how he would make them crazy. And I would laugh and think, oh, that's so funny. But then it was happening to me. Mm. So that's an interesting, that's an interesting term for being abused. It's called reactive abuse. They know exactly what they're doing to make you crazy. Right. What I would call that is passive aggressive behavior. And uh-huh. yeah, that's uh can be a, a real personality disorder for someone who continually engages in, in in that kind of passive aggressive behavior where they know the buttons to push. And so act all kind and sweet, but then on the background, knowing that they're undermining your sense of well-being. So, Peggy, can you give an example of what he's done? Um, you know, right off the top of my head, I don't know. It, it felt like I was being pecked, like a chicken would just peck at you, peck, 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 peck. You know, mm-hmm. what time are you leaving? Where are you going? What 
you know, when you're going to be back, why is it going to take you so long, da 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 you know, it just, it was, it just, um, it just wasn't a, a simple, nothing was ever simple, so, but 11 and a half years later, I finally walked out, so I am living happily, and I don't deal with that anymore, and why I chose to keep in that relationship, you know, is just a whole other story. Mm-hmm. You know, you want somebody in your life, you want to have a relationship, but it was not a good one. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had the strength and energy to get out because I, I know why you stayed. I, it's why people stay in relationships because at some point you cared enough to be in a relationship. You fell in love with something about that individual. And it, it may be that he truly loved you, but had set up a terrible pattern, uh, did not know how to have an appropriate relationship. And it sounded like he had a very controlling type of behavior in wanting to know every step of what yep. you were doing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, and I had grandchildren, and as long as it was just he and I, life was beautiful. But if there was anything else in the mix, such as grandchildren, friends, that's when the problems, like he would he would say, you know, if you want to go see their grandkids, go ahead. But I knew that if I did, it it would be a lashing, you know, that I would pay the price. So, I mean, I... I I did truly truly care for this person, but it I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, it also sounds like somewhat of a, a codependent relationship. He was expecting you to give to him yeah. and to be with just him, and wanted to isolate you and I take and, care of him, cook him three meals a day, and him only. But it never was about me at all. You know here. My dad, 94, was. I needed to see him every week, and I just had my sixth grandchild Tuesday. So, you know, my children need me. I come from a, you know, I was divorced after 30 years, and I'm all they have. So I was very torn, but I knew, you know, in my heart that he, he couldn't win over on my family and my grandchildren. It just... I wasn't married to him. He had no intentions. It was just really free labor for 11 and a half years is what I feel about that relationship. Well, Peggy, once again, glad you had the strength to get out of it. And yes, it sounded like a relationship that you did not need to keep. Um, Certainly, your family needed you, but... Uh, and and continues to need you, but make sure that that you also make sure that you're not just giving, you're not just a giver, and and that they are giving you something back. It sounds like but, you, you know that that'll come in time. Yeah. I you know after eleven and a half years in a relationship, no matter if it's good or bad, when it's ended, you. You know, it just takes time. Your heart has to heal. You you know, I'm certainly not ready for another relationship at this time. So it's it's just good that I have the kids. 
perfect work for me. Yes, and I know they're happy to have you. (laughs) Yes, they are. We're all blessed. Thank you so much, and I really enjoy your show. It was great talking to you. Thank you, Peggy. Thanks for calling, and thanks for listening. It's always good to have sharing from our listeners, isn't it, Abram? It definitely is, and one thing I'm thinking about while we're talking about all this is that, you know, Peggy is out of her relationship now, Um but I know there's, there might be someone listening that is scared to call in because they're currently in a relationship and they could face the consequences of, you know, telling their story. Um, so uh, I'm going to put it in the description the, for the podcast, but uh, there's a National Domestic Violence Hotline. Um, feel free to call that. Please call it. Um, that is 1-800-799-SAFE. So it's 1-800-799-7233. Yep. Yes, indeed. Absolutely right. And if you're in a relationship and need advice and want to not say where you're from or not say your real name, certainly feel free to do that. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Abram Nanny. We're talking about codependent and toxic relationships, two types of relationships that you do not want to have in your life. And if you do, you need to work to make changes. And we've had some couple of great callers talking about their situations. And, and we'd love to hear from others of you about that, your relationships or perhaps how you got out of one, like our last caller was talking. So I just want to make it clear that sometimes in toxic relationships – It's not one-sided. You can have two people contributing to the toxic relationship. So you're both openly critical, openly hostile, or consistently unkind to each other. And so that's one of those things that you have to keep in mind that if, if that is the case, then maybe you're a bit to blame, too. So you want to do some introspection and make sure that that's not the way that that you're not contributing to the toxic relationship. But in in many cases, it is lopsided, just like on the codependent relationship, though codependency can go back and forth. I rarely see that. Typically, it is the, the giver and the taker situation. So with that said, I'm going to go right on back to the phones because we have Tina somewhere in Mississippi um, who, yes, um, she did. She called last week about a codependent issue and wants to tell us about some resolution. So hi, Tina. Thanks for calling. Hi. Uh, Good to talk to you again. my situation has been resolved through no uh, no action on my part. My neighbor that I was having the uh, relationship, the uh, codependent relationship with, is moving, and uh, so I'm uh, rejoicing. 
Well, good. Well, that's good. That's one way to to get rid of a relationship you don't need. Though I would suspect most people don't have that kind of positive opportunity enter in. Right. So I just have to be careful that I don't set up another similar relationship with the person who moves in on the other side of my wall uh, after this one leaves. I have to be careful with that with everybody. I have had a lot of uh, codependent relationships, I think, over the years. And I keep thinking, how do I, how do these people find me? Uh, you know, I feel sorry for somebody because nobody's helping them out. And I wind up being the one who does it and uh, can't get out of it. So, Tina, let me ask you a couple of questions because my very first comment back to you was going to be make sure you don't set yourself up again in in this right. kind of relationship now there there are certain people who are more prone to be trapped in a codependent relationship and some of it not always some of it is just that you're a giving personality mm-hmm. but some of it may come from historical stuff, family history, things that happened yeah. to you in your family. So mm-hmm. would would you say that that you grew up in a in a real stable household where there was give and take or or were you made to think that you need to be that giver, that caretaker? Were you one who, in your household, when you were growing up, perhaps, uh, was assigned to be the caretaker? No, but I did learn to to, uh, keep secrets. I uh, was not in a stable uh, home, no. Uh. But I don't know that it relates to... uh, my being a uh, giver, I don't know that it does. I just uh, do you mind? I don't know how this yeah. happened, really. Well, I can say being a, being a if I could say this, yes. uh, being a Christian made me feel that I uh, needed to take care of people when they couldn't take care of themselves. If the church wasn't doing it, then I would do it, and that's okay. That's okay to be one who is a giver. What's not okay was the relationship that you had before with your neighbor. Um, mm-hmm. Was that you were always a giver, mm-hmm. and and that individual seemed to be, from what I heard, always the taker. And in a family situation, certainly. I hope children should be taught that they should help be a participant in the family, help to give back to the family, help their siblings when they're needed to be helped. But let me tell you, there are a few situations that tend to set individuals up to be more of that giver than the taker and to be more likely to get into a codependent relationship. And I'll just name them. You don't have to tell us whether or not you're in these kind of family situation that perhaps set you up. But uh, family with substance abuse, a parent 
uh, with uh, substance abuse, particularly alcohol abuse in a family, has been shown to set up individuals who end up being the giver in the codependent relationship because many times they did have to kick in and just take care of everything because that that mother or father was not able to be all in into the family. An abusive family, and back to the toxic relationship, being in an abusive family can set individuals up. Or a highly controlling family where there is a, a parent who is is somewhat emotionally abusive and, and if not physically abusive, um, emotionally uh, more dictatorial. So all of those situations tend to, to set individuals up as adults to get themselves into codependent relationships. The good news is you can get out of them, and um, and you can change them about. Co- as we talked about at the beginning of the show, codependent relationships don't have to stay that way, unless you you work toward changing it, and that individual who is the taker in the codependent relationship cannot make any changes or refuses to do so. If that if that is the case, then same as a toxic relationship, I would wash my hands of it. I would step mm-hmm. back, realize that is bad for you, unhealthy for you, for your brain health and for your body health, which all is one, as I've said over and over. Your brain health and body health are all part of your whole. And so you've got to take care of both. So mm-hmm. I don't know, Tina, any, any thoughts about what I just said? Well, um, I think uh, since I was abused uh, physically, not uh, not violently, but um, there was a wrong relationship between myself and someone in the family. And um, when I see somebody who is in need of help, I want to help them. I don't want them to be in a situation that was so untenable uh, as mine was and not be able to get help. Right, right. And that's kind and wonderful, and we need more people like you. What, What I want you to remind yourself of, and it sounds like you're working on this, is that you should never have a completely lopsided relationship. It right. should never be that that now taker, that person that you gave to for whatever you did, the support, the love, the finances, whatever you gave, that it's not always that lopsided giving. It should be a back-and-forth giving. And if that, that individual is unable to give in a financial way, then they should offer to give in other ways. And so Uh because obviously everybody cannot give financially, but everybody can give something, whether it's their their time or or their talent. Um, So keep that in mind, that that their needs – 
as you reach out to help others, make sure that you don't get set again in always helping other that that same person over and over and over again without exactly. without anything uh, bad. Right. Okay. Okay. I appreciate you, Doctor. Uh, thank you so much. Well, thank you, and thank you for the follow-up. I often ask uh, callers to give us a call back and let us know what's happened, and I love hearing positive results, so thank you for that. Yeah. Okay, thank you for your help. All right. Okay, maybe in the last few minutes, what we ought to do is let me remind everybody about, I think, I think it's clear what a toxic relationship is and and that you need to draw the line on on that. We've talked a fair amount about those codependent relationships, but let me let me just make sure I outline this that maybe you're not in good in a good relationship if you find that you are not able to dedicate the time or energy to your own needs or wants because you're too busy giving them to others. And I I will say like um Tina pointed out that she was she's a Christian and that's why she believes that um she should be helpful and I agree with that. And I but I do think that and I can't say for sure. I will say that I'm not an expert on religion, but I do think that most religions and uh beliefs systems held around the world would like you to take care of yourself first. And 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 then and to, kind of take care of others. It's kind of like when you're on an airplane. Think about it in this: when the oxygen mask dropped down, what does the flight attendant tell you to do? She or he says, "If you have a child sitting next to you, first secure your mask, and then turn to help the child." That's because you can't help anyone if you don't have the right amount of oxygen coming into you. And so to keep that in mind, to to think of it that way, and Abram, I have studied religions a bit, not a lot. I'm not an authority, but I will say in almost every religion, they do talk about helping others, but you have to take care of yourself to be able to help others. So whether it's Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, whatever it is. Christianity, all those religions say to, yes, be kind to others and take care of others, but also to take care of yourself. So let me go through a couple of other quick things. Remember that you need to be able to spend time with other people and doing personal things for yourself, taking care of yourself. Make sure that you are not finding difficult it difficult to be okay without the other person's presence or approval. If you always need that person's approval to be able to go to the next step, then you're not in a good place with your relationship. Again, taking care of yourself, looking into yourself, Telling yourself, making sure that you're setting your mind to say, okay, I'm good. I don't need anybody. 
Maybe my life is enhanced by someone, but I don't need that person to make me whole. That's where we all need to be, to be able to then turn around and give back to others. All right. Well, I hope this was helpful. I want to thank our listeners and our callers. And um, stay tuned for the next show, Unrelationships. We're going to move into another aspect. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, and funding is provided in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and support from listeners like you. If you'd like to hear this show again or any of our past episodes, listen to that podcast on your favorite app by searching Southern Remedy, Relatively Speaking. The show is a production of MPB Think Radio, engineered by... Um, Abram Nanny and our call screener I'm not sure who I think it was Jermaine Flood Jermaine thank you Jermaine I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and I hope you'll join us next week this is an MPB Think Radio podcast to hear previous shows visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand